food this morning. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right, well, we're, um, we're, are we ready for the word this morning? Listen, next Sunday is our Christmas celebration. Be sure to bring somebody with you next week for our special Christmas celebration. Well, let's get ready for the word. Are y'all ready this morning? All right, we're going to make a faith declaration. If you would, hold on to your note sheet. We have a clipboard there for you because we like for you to just follow along with the sermon and fill in the blanks. So when you go home, you remember what you learned. Amen. We don't want you to just receive into your emotions and say, wow, it was really good. But what'd you learn? I don't know. I remember, but it was good. You want to know what you learned. So we give it to you. We give you the scriptures. So that becomes your study guide for the whole week. Amen. All right. So let's get ready to receive the word. We're going to make a faith declaration over our, um, over the, over the word as we received this morning. Now I love the fog. What do y'all think about the fog? Yeah. It makes the lights look cooler. But can we sort of turn the fog off now that we've started? Because y'all look all fuzzy. <laughs> it's pretty during worship, but when we need to get down to business, it's time to get down to business, right? All right, so hold up your, your note sheet as we honor the written word in our lives. How I many you know the word comes in and does a work in our lives? Amen. It puts us together. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So say this with me. Say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because He has anointed me. To hear, to hear and apply his word. I'm about to know better so that I may do better, have better, and be better. I am becoming everything God is destined me to be. I am becoming everything the devil fears I'll be. I'm becoming everything the haters say I could never be. So after today, I will never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you slap three people high five and say it's time to carry it for God. Amen, amen, amen. It's time to carry it for God. All right. Well, if you would, open up your note sheets and let's get started. We've already had a really good time today, so I'm going to try to get through this lesson. But um, I really have on my heart some things I want to talk to you about today. As we've been declaring since the beginning of this year that this would be a year of tremendous fruitfulness. And it's the will of God for our lives that we would get to the place where we're bearing fruit. We're not just living. We're not just existing. But we're living our lives on purpose. We're living in God. We give Him permission to prune us. To cut us back. Anywhere we need to be cut back. Anywhere we need to be fertilized. It's up to us to make sure we get ourselves planted by the rivers of water. Amen? That's why you can't just plant at any church. You've got to be at a church that's going to teach you the Word of God. How to build your life on the rock of the Word of God. So it's the will of God that you would be fruitful in your life. Jesus said, by this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit. So how many of you want to glorify God with your life? You want God to be glorified. I just don't want to live any kind of way, but I want people to be able to look at me and see the glory of God. That's, that'd be a, an awesome kind of life. Amen? Well, I've been praying about it, and unless I hear different from God, 2020 is going to be the year of glorifying God and the year of God's glory. Amen? I also heard God say there's going to be plenty in 20. So you ought to start talking to 20 right now. Amen. You don't like the way things are right now? Start talking to 2020. Start, we have whatsoever we say, right? So if you don't like it, he said um, that, that, that we're live, we live by our words. That our words have power. Death and life is in the power of our tongue. Um, the Bible says that we steer our lives by the word of God. By what comes out of our mouth. The Bible says if any man can tame his tongue, he's a perfect man. So you ought to start taming your tongue 
cut out that poem out stuff and, and talking how I ain't got enough, I don't know how I'm going to make it. You need to start talking, I am rich and abundantly supplied. But I have plenty enough in my life. I got plenty enough joy. It's not about just having enough money or plenty of money. I want plenty of joy in 2020. I want plenty of rest. I want plenty of vacation. I want plenty of, of a whole lot of things. Amen. I want a whole blessed life. Not just a part, but I want the whole blessed life that glorifies God. Amen. So we're headed, we're, we're going from being tremendously fruitful to stepping up to the next level. Because we go from faith to faith to faith, from glory to glory to glory, from blessing to blessing. We ought to always be increasing. So we're increasing from fruitfulness into glorifying God. And I believe it's a year that God's going to gonna release His glory in the earth. Amen. How many of y'all ready for the latter rain in abundance? For the end time revival? How many of you really ready for Jesus to come back? You know, we don't talk about that a lot, but I'm telling you, I'm ready for Jesus to come back. I'm ready to be to be glorifying Him with my life so that when He comes, amen, we're ready for Him. Amen. So we're stepping up to the year of God, of, of glorifying God in our lives and God being God all by Himself and glorifying Himself in the earth. Amen. And so we've been talking over the last, this is the second week we've been talking about finishing strong. Because here we are. This is week number 50. We have two more weeks left in 2019. Can you believe this year has come and gone so quickly? It has been just amazingly fast. But um, but so we've been talking about finishing strong. So I just want to kind of talk about that just a little bit more. And I believe God has something to talk to us about from the life of Mary. So finishing strong. Let's look at Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. We started talking about this last week. It says, therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. And the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. And has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So what Jesus is saying and what what Paul is saying is that Jesus kept his eye on the prize. That's how he kept his eye on the joy so that he could go through the cross, the shame, everything that he that he had to do so that he could finish his race. How many of you know when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he's like, God, Father, let this cup pass for me. If it's possible, let this cup pass. But the cup could not pass. Jesus got it together and said, nevertheless, not your will, not my will, but let your will be done. He got it together and he refocused himself. Sometimes in life we've got to refocus. It's easy to get sort of slipped back or to say, you know, it would be easier to just do something else. Or maybe I just won't go to church today. Maybe I just won't read the Bible today. I'll just be all right if I don't pray today. So you've got to keep the joy of the Lord before you, meeting with God, spending time with God. So Paul said the same thing in Acts 20, 24. He says, but none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may do what? Come on, y'all help me preach. Finish my race with... See, here's Paul talking about finishing his race with joy, too. And the ministry, or the mission, which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And then finally, Paul said in uh, 2 Timothy 4, 7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And the message translation says, this is the only race worth running. I've run hard to, to right to the finish, and I've believed all the way. So the fight is to stay in faith. But you know what? Starting is easy, right? Starting is easy and starting is fun. Anytime you start with it, next month a whole bunch of people are going to start at the gym. And by February 15th, 
maybe February 1st at the stroke of midnight. People be through with that. But they had a good intention to start. And, and, and you might see some results in the beginning. You feel so good, you go right back to eating some chocolate cake. And then you're right back where you started or even worse. So we got to finish what we start. It's fun, to, it's fun to, to start. It's a whole lot of fun to go and sign up. But to get up out of the bed, that requires discipline, right? And to go and lift those weights even when your muscles are sore the next day. To keep going takes all your blood, takes your sweat, takes your tears. I mean, it takes you having to get up and be disciplined. So anybody can start something. But God's looking for finishers. Because He gets the glory when you finish. Amen. So we got to determine that we're going to be finishers. And you know what? All the blood, sweat, and the tears, it makes the prize all that, that much sweeter. Amen. When we finally get to glory... It's going to make it all the more sweeter when you hear Jesus say, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen. And so number one, we have to remind ourselves of this if we're going to run this race. Number one, our lives are a living sacrifice. We are no longer our own. We have to remind ourselves of that, that our lives, our bodies are a living sacrifice given before the Lord every single day. You don't die once, you die daily. And sometimes minute by minute. My life does not belong to how dare I think about quit running. I can't quit running. I gotta keep running. He didn't quit running for me. He went all the way to the cross and all the way to the grave and all the way up out of the grave and all the way up to the right hand of the Father. Amen? So we don't get to stop either, right? So Romans 12, 1 through 2, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you, 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 present your bodies a living sacrifice Holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Would you underline that reasonable service? It's your reasonable service that you would give Him back your life. Amen. And don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We want to get get off from the, you know, the just... It's a, a, a really hard to sacrifice to where it just becomes a way of life. It's who I am. As for me and my house. Help me preach this morning. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I belong to God. I've been bought with a price. Amen. So we get on from that because that, that just becomes who we are. And then we, we constantly are transformed into His image. But then we get on to proving what is that good and acceptable, perfect will of God. First Timothy 6.12 says, fight. Good fight. Fight the good fight of faith. You know, we already have a yes and amen, right? All the promises of God in Him are yes, and in Him they are amen. You don't have to worry about whether God wants you to be blessed. He wants you blessed. Second Corinthians 1.20, it says, for all the promises of God are in Him what? Yes, and in Him, they're amen to the glory of God through us. So we have to use our faith. So number two, our faith is the victory that overcomes every battle in the race. Last week we talked about secretary. A secretary was a racehorse that was usually the very last horse out of the gate. And he and he um, he did, he won like it was called the Triple Crown. All three of the major horse races. Um, he he won all three of them, but the final race was the fe- the race of endurance, and that race of endurance is, is something that we all need to perfect. That we have to have endurance. You got to keep take a lick it and keep on ticking. Amen. When you get around to the back side of the race, everybody knew that Secretary was fast, but would he be able to to win this long race that was um, 
really long. And you know, he was neck and neck with Sham all the way to the backside. And you know, that's, that's where the races really run. On the backside of nowhere. Back where nobody sees. Amen. What, what you're doing every day. Whether you're in the Word every day, whether you're praying every day, it's the backside. That's where the race is really won, and that's where he began to pull away from the rest of the crowd. They get, they get about right here towards, they started towards that last turn, and on that last turn, Secretary just broke away. And, and, and when, you, when you hear what the, uh, what are they called, the jockey said, he said, I did something I'd never done with Secretary before. I gave him the reins. He put the reins all over, he said, just, just go. And, and that horse took off. And finished 31 horse lengths ahead of all the other horses. Like they were, like they were nothing. And see, when we go through the backside, when we go through those, those struggles and those trials, if you can just hold on, if you can just keep going, if you just won't give up on those times when things get rough. I'm telling you, there's been times I thought my life was over. I thought God was through. I thought, surely you can't do anything from here. But I've seen God pick me up out of the ash heap more than one time and set my feet on the solid rock and show me that I can do it. Amen. And that's why I'm standing here today, because I refuse to fall down and not get back up. Amen. If you'll just learn how to not quit, if you'll just get all the quit out of you and make sure that you have endurance, that you win those battles that are on the backside, I'm telling you, God's going to be able to do something with your life. But you can't quit. You gotta, you gotta fight the good fight of faith. You gotta over, overcome every battle. First John five four says, "Whatever is born of God does what? Overcome. Overcomes the world. And this is the victory that's overcome the world: our faith. Our faith." Is what overcomes the world. Hebrews eleven six. You can't even please God if you don't have faith. Come on, yeah. Says, but without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. See, we got to be stretching and reaching towards Him. If we're gonna, if we're gonna show the glory of God in our lives. If twenty twenty is gonna be the, the year of God's manifested glory, you got to stretch. You got to be a diligent seeker of the Lord. Mark 9, 23, it says, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Yeah. Number three, overcomers have active faith in the finished work of the cross and declare it. So Jesus already finished the work on the cross, right? He had finished shedding his blood. He had finished being um, whipped on his back with the cat of nine tails. Where the Bible says, by his stripes we are healed. He already had the crown of thorns on his head. His hands were pierced. His feet were pierced. His side was pierced. All the blood that needed to be shed to justify uh, everything that was against us. Every bit of the curse. All of the curse. He redeemed us from the entire curse of the law. There's nothing. There's no curse that we should live in in our lives. We should be, we should be living that life that he came to give us. He said, I've come that you might have life. And have it more abundantly, have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. That's the life that he came to give you with all the places that he shed his blood, all the, the suffering that he did. And so you have to have active faith. As he hung there on that cross and he said, it is finished. Tell less side. The debt is paid. That means that you have a right to it. Yeah. And so you can, you have to actively be in faith for it. You don't just say, well, yeah, I'm, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. It's about a whole bunch more than that. He came for you to have a good life. Amen. Revelation 12, 11, it says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. So overcomers have active faith in the finished work of the cross, and they declare it. You know, the only word that works is the word that you put to work. Faith speaks. Faith speaks. You, the, when you begin to operate in faith, you begin to speak faith. You begin to declare 
God's goodness over your life. You begin to declare, yeah, I'm not feeling good, but by his stripes I'm healed. I got a doctor's report. I don't really like it, but by his stripes I'm healed. Amen. I don't like the way my money's looking funny and my change is looking strange. Amen. But I'm rich and abundantly supplied. Why? Because the Bible says so. And so I'm standing and I'm declaring what he said, even though it may not look like it in the natural. I go against what I see in the natural and I put my faith in the finished work of the cross. Amen. And declare that over my life. So we got to put the word to work. You got to have active faith in it. All right. So we're more than conquerors. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Matthew 17, 20. Um, the, the disciples were asking them, you know, why couldn't we do, do what you do, Jesus? They said, because, Jesus said, because you don't have enough faith. Jesus told them, I tell you the truth, if you had faith even as a small mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move, and nothing would be impossible. Amen. Do you believe that today? Yes. That nothing would be impossible if we could have faith even as a mustard seed. All right, so now, real quickly, point number two, the stuff you need. Here's the stuff that you need. And as, as I was looking at the at Mary's faith, Mary the mother of Jesus, and how she had to use her faith to get in partnership with God to bring the greatest miracle, the greatest work of God to come to pass in the earth is that Jesus came down, became a man, and died in our place for our sins. God had to have a partner in the earth for that to happen. And Mary was the chosen partner in the earth to be the mother that would carry this vision of God, the Son of God. So she used her faith to agree with God for the plan of God for her life. And so she partnered with him for this most important victory in, 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 in history. So number one, you need to know, this is the stuff that you need. You need to know that you're favored. The angel came and talked to Mary. And uh, the angel Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, came to talk to Mary to tell her what God wanted to happen. And the first thing he said to her was in Luke one twenty eight: rejoice. Highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But you know what? We know that she was blessed because she was the one chosen to carry Jesus in her womb and to bring forth Jesus and to raise Jesus. She had the right temperament. She had the right DNA. She was exactly what God needed, exactly the person that he needed. But you know what? She was favored for that. But I came to tell you today that God has favored you for a vision in your life, for something that he needs your participation to help carry it. Amen. That's why I said this morning, say you better carry it for God. Amen. Whatever the vision is for your life, you've got to discover what your vision is, what God has for you to carry. And you've got to be diligent about carrying it to fulfillment. Amen. And, 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 and winning your race. But, you, but you've got to, it starts by knowing that you're favored. You're just as favored as, as uh, Mary was. Psalm 512. It says, for you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor, you will surround him as with a shield. So you ought to have a confession of faith that says, with the favor of God on my life, I cannot lose. Amen. Would you turn and tell your neighbor this morning and say, the favor of God is on my life so much I can't lose. <laughs> Amen. All right. So the favor of God is on your life. So you've got to know that you're favored. And number two, you have to say yes to the plan of God for your life. See, Mary had to agree. She had to agree with it. She didn't have to agree. She had a choice. But she had to say yes to the plan of God for her life. She had a choice. Luke one thirty eight. It says, Then Mary said, Behold the maid servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. So she, she got an agreement. She said, Okay. This is 
going to cost me a whole lot. Yeah. But I agree. I've got, I've, I've got the choice to agree and to go along with your plan. So yes. Here I am. Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Be it to me according to your word. And you know that's what we have to say every single day. Lord, let it be to me today according to your word. For the plan of God you have for my life. So she had a choice. We have a choice. We have to get up and say yes every single day. Amen. And then at noon you better go on and say yes again. At night go on and give God another yes. Because all day long our answer needs to be yes to God. So um, we have a choice. I had a choice. You have to get up and say yes. You know, I, I trained to run a 5K a few years ago. I can't remember how long ago it was. It was a few years ago. And when I first started to run, it was tough. I said, yes, I want to do this. But when I began to train, I had shin splints. Anybody ever had shin splints? It, they hurt. And I nearly said, forget this. There's something wrong with my legs. <laughs> what was wrong with my legs was I hadn't been doing anything with them. So I began to do something different, and my leg said no, but I had to be stronger than that and, to, and go out every day and let myself continue to train. I had to say yes to the discipline. So saying yes to God is about more than just saying yes. It's about saying yes to the discipline that it takes to bring it to pass in your life. And so um, because my body wasn't, wasn't you know, used to running, it had to get used to it. So saying yes to God is a complete life change. Your flesh is not going to be comfortable, but it will get over it. Keep going. Amen. It will get over it, so keep going. Don't quit. You know, just making, coming to church every Sunday, that's just what you do. You're like, every Sunday? Yes, every Sunday. I remember when I first got saved, you couldn't, you couldn't have kept me away with a machine gun. I was in the church every time the doors were open. Every time. If they were there, I was there. If there was a project, I was raising my hand to do it. Why, wow, I love God so much. I don't know, maybe y'all didn't get saved from anything. Maybe y'all were already all right when you got saved. I was tore up on the floor of I was a mess. And uh, I, when I gave God my life, I was grateful. I felt the burden of sin lift off of me. And, and that's a good feeling to know that you're right with God. When you can lay down your head at night and know that you're in, you're in a good place with God. You know, I, I, I just, I couldn't stay away from church. I was so hungry. My spirit was so hungry. I was like a sponge. I would come in and just get filled up. And, and everything I got filled up with, and you better believe when I went to work, everybody was on here with a whole sermon all over again. Amen. Because that's how we are. And, and that became my lifestyle. And it has been my lifestyle for 25 years. Amen. And I wouldn't want to live any other way. God is first in my life. My, Murray and myself, we live a life on purpose, where God is first. The church is first. It comes first in our lives. Amen. 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 So we keep going and we don't quit. But it starts with a decision. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning. It starts with a decision. And then it requires discipline. Yeah. Going to require discipline. Number three, expect the power of God to move. So what was number one? Know that you're favored. Number two? Say yes. Say yes to the plan of God for your life. Number three? Expect the power of God to move. So Luke one thirty four through 35. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be? Since I don't know a man. The angel answered her and said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the highest overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. And so the Holy Spirit, she said, how is this going to be? And you might be saying the same thing. God, how is my life ever going to be better? How, how are you going to bring this to pass? Like, there are people in here who have a call of God on your life. You know, how is that ever going to happen from where I am right now? Same way it happened for Mary. 
The Holy Spirit's going to brood over your life. He's going to overshadow your life. And the power of God is going to rest on your life and bring the impossible uh, to be impossible. Amen. Amen. So it's through the power of the Holy Spirit. But you've got to expect the power of God to move. So Zechariah 4, 6 says, Not by power, nor by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? You ought to be talking to the mountains in your life saying, Who do you think you are? Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel you shall become a plain. And he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace too. It sounds like he's going to finish his race, right? Yeah. With shouts of grace, grace. The grace of God. The power of God. The Holy Spirit of God broods over your life. And brings the supernatural power of God to your life. But you have to believe it. You have to expect that the power of God is going to move. Amen. So in Genesis, when God was even just was hovering over the earth to, to build and to change and to make the whole earth for mankind, it says that the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. I preached a sermon a long time ago about what happens when God sits down on your life. When he, when he broods over your life. Because it's like a hen brooding over her over her little one. It's like God is brooding over our lives. Bringing his goodness to pass. And you know what? God's no respecter of persons. If he overshadowed Mary to bring the will of God to pass in her life. He's going to overshadow your life. Amen. So say this. Say the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. is overshadowing my situation. And I expect something supernatural to happen. Amen. Number four, be willing to carry the vision of God. So what was number one? Number two? Number three? Expect the power of God. And number four, be willing to what? Be willing to carry the vision of God. Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there's no vision, the people perish. What is the vision of God for your life? What is it? Do you know? Have you gotten before God's face to find out what is my purpose? What is the vision that you have for my life? You've got to know where you're going. Or you've got to know where you're going so you can get there. <laughs> Amen? Amen. Ha, um, so without a vision, the people perish. Are they, one translation says they cast off restraint. Habakkuk 2, 2 through 3 says, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that they may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end it will speak, and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. Because it will surely come, it will not tarry. So you've got to write the vision for your life so you can run. You can run with it. So when you, when you get before God, I keep a notebook, and I write in my notebook every single day. A little tidbit that I get from God, I write on it. I study it. How many of you have a notebook where you do that? Or you do it on your phone or somewhere? How many of you? Now look, we've got to do better than that. Let's start this new year doing that, writing the vision, and the, the vision is fluid. I, you know, I believe I believe in making vision boards at the beginning of the year, but I believe in being able to move it around or to, to scratch something else and write something in because I believe the vision begins to grow and become fluid as you go throughout the year. Amen. As I was looking back at my vision board, I can see some things that that we pressed in and, and have, have have done, but then other things that I didn't really work on that much. Amen. So the vision is just kind of fluid. It's fluid, but you have to stay focused on it if you're going to run it and read. I mean, if you're going to read it and run. Amen? And so you've got to know that, it's, um, that as you carry this vision for God, um, it's going to come to pass. It's going to come to pass. There'll be a day that, will, that it will step out and it will start speaking for you. Amen? Amen. So you've got to carry it for God. 
So um, you're trusting God to work it all out. And, and as you're trusting God, this is what carrying the vision is all about. Carrying the, carrying the vision is about trusting God. It's about trusting God. And running is more about breathing than it is about running. Did anybody know that? When I started to run that 5K, I had to learn how to breathe. And at first, man, I could only run a little ways and I'd have to stop. And then I would challenge myself and I'd say, okay, I'm going to run to that mailbox. And maybe it would take everything in me to breathe to get to that mailbox. And by the time I get to the mailbox, I'd be so out of breath. But the more I breathe and the more I learn to control my breathing, the more I can be in control of my running. And that's a real good point right there. Because the more that we breathe in the presence of God, the more that we breathe in His Word, the more that we breathe in what we need from Him, who He is in our lives, the more that we're going to be able to run this race that we're in. Running is about breathing. Breathing in His presence. Breathing in His Word. You've got to have it. Don't think you can run without His Word. John 20, 21 through 22. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. In other words, carry it. Carry it. Just like I carried what the Father sent me to carry, I'm asking you to carry what, what I've asked you to carry. So verse 22, And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. So you've got to get away with God and let him have time to breathe on you. Amen? It's important that you come away with God and give him time to breathe on you. So you'll have the, parry, the power to carry it. So Mary was willing to carry God's vision even though she would look foolish. And you know what? Anything you're going to do in faith, it requires, it has to be something that's bigger than you. Otherwise, it's just a goal. Yeah, yeah. Come on, say that. It requires God to get it done. And you have to be willing to look foolish. You know, when, when John came last year and said, right, right in line with God, been speaking to me about getting this sanctuary. Before we needed it, I think we had like 45 people on a Sunday usually. And I, so I didn't need it yet, but faith requires that you step out at a not knowing level. Step out before you're actually ready to get there. That's what that's what makes it faith. Amen. Stepping out at a level that that you might not really feel like you're ready for. So she was willing to look foolish to carry the plan of God. You know, she could have been stoned. She could have been stoned for being found to be pregnant before she was married. But she was willing. To look foolish, she was willing to risk it all for God. And really, I believe at this at this place that we're in history, and really all throughout the generations, that's really what it's all about, is being willing to look foolish for God, being willing to step out at a level that it's going to cost you something. And if God doesn't get involved, this is never going to work. All right. Amen. So, trusting God, and it just doesn't make any sense level. That's what carrying the plan of God is all about. Philippians 2, 7 in the Amplified says that Jesus made himself of no reputation. He stripped himself of all privileges and rightful dignity so as to assume the guise of a servant, a slave, in that he became like men and was born a human being. Number five. So you have to make yourself of no reputation, right? Number five. Expect provision for the vision. Expect for God to provide for where he guides. Amen. 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 Where he guides, he will provide. So all the provision that we needed to do this, it was all there. Even though it was outside of our reach, now look where we've grown to and where we are. We're ready for it. Amen. But you have to get ready in a place where you're not ready. Yeah. You have to start in a place where it doesn't look like it could ever be. 
And as you, God gives you more of your way than he does before you start. So if you don't get started, you're never going to get there. Amen. You got to get started. All right. So expect provision for the vision. So Joseph was a carpenter. His stepfather was a carpenter. Not really wealthy enough to provide for their lives. While the three of them were going to be exiled in Egypt. Because there, um, the, the king wanted to kill him. The king wanted to kill uh, killed all the babies that, that he could find of that age that were in, in Israel. But God spoke to Joseph in a dream and told him that, uh, that he should go away into Egypt. Amen. And so that had to be financed. So Joseph didn't, he needed just to have a bag full of money. He needed that, that uh, vision to be financed for, for Jesus to be saved. God sent them into Egypt for a little while until Herod died. And so Matthew 2.11 says, And when they had come into the house, the, the three wives, they say it was three wives, and it could have been five or six, but they brought, they brought three gifts. It says, They saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So they brought him gifts. There was Because the, he had to have provision for the vision. Jesus was born for the purpose of being given. It was the very purpose that he was born was to be given. For God so loved the world that he what? Gave who? His only begotten son. He was born to be given. Right. The Bible says, given it shall be given unto you good measure. Pressed down, shaken together and running over shall men give into your bosom. So God speaks to men who are way off in the east somewhere. Where? I don't know. But way, way off from the east somewhere. To come and to travel and to follow a star. Until they finally found where by this time he was a young child. To find where he was and, and to present him, to open up their treasures and to present those gifts to him because it financed the trip into Egypt for where he was going to need to go. All right? Number six, keep a nothing will stop me attitude. What was number one? Number two. Number three. Number four. Number five. Provision for the vision. Expect it. And then number six, keep a nothing will stop me attitude. Every plan of the enemy to destroy Jesus failed. Matthew 2, 13 through 15. An angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother. Flee to Egypt and stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by, by night and departed for Egypt and was there until the death of Herod. So expect God to warn you. Expect God to keep you in your life. Amen. Sometimes God will say, I want you to go home this way instead of the other way. Amen. You just trust the voice of God to keep you and to keep you safe and to warn you for anything you need to be warned about. Roy, leave the scriptures for you this morning. Isaiah 54, 7. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Message translation says, but no weapon that can hurt you has ever been forged. There's not a weapon that's been forged that can hurt you. And all things work together for good for them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. He says, any accuser who takes you to court will be dismissed as a liar. This is what God's servants can expect. I'll see to it that everything works out for the best. God's decree. Matthew 2, 19 through 20 says, Now when Herod was dead, ha, how do you like that? God can take care of your enemies, came. Now when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, 
Take the young child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the young child's life are dead. In other words, I've dealt with your enemies. I've dealt with everything that was coming against you. Now, go back. And so, every, whatever's been threatening you, you better know God's going to take care of it. Because there's nothing that can stop me. There's nothing that's going to stop the plan of God. Amen? It shall not prosper against you. So number seven, allow the miracles in others' lives to stimulate your faith. So when God wanted to stimulate Mary's faith to believe, he sent her to see the supernatural that had already happened for somebody else, for her cousin Elizabeth. Luke 1, 36 through 37, the angel said, Indeed, in the King James Version, it says, Behold, look, pay attention, get a good look at this. Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. So this woman who'd been barren her whole life and everybody knew she was barren. She was old and she never could have any children. All of a sudden, she's already pregnant. She's already showing. I want you to go see her, Mary, because I want you to get a good look at a miracle of somebody having a baby who would be impossible to have a baby. So I want you to know that all things are possible. So I'm sending you to get a good look at your cousin Elizabeth. Amen. He says, your relative has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Amplified says, for with God, nothing is ever impossible. And no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. So she went to see Elizabeth. An old woman was pregnant. And when she saw Mary, the baby in her womb, John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, he leapt for joy in his womb because, in her womb because she, because he knew that uh, he was coming in contact with the mother of the Lord. Luke 1, 42 through 44, 45. She said, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Message translation says, blessed woman who believed what God said, believed every word would come true. So when Mary saw the, the miracle in Elizabeth's life, and she heard her words of encouragement, she busted out with a praise and a confirming confession. And Mary said, I'm, I'm bursting with God news. I'm dancing the song of my Savior God. God took one good look at me, and look what happened. I'm the most fortunate woman on earth. What God has done for me will never be forgotten. The God whose very name is holy, set apart from all others. His mercy flows in wave after wave on those who are in awe before him. Say this. Say this right now. Say God's about to do something supernatural in your life just to encourage my faith. Now turn and tell your neighbor this. I want you to say it with real conviction. Say God's about to do something supernatural. In my life. Just to encourage your faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for your word this morning. We bless you and we, we just thank you, God, that you that you called us to carry the good news. You've called us to carry vision in the earth. You've called us to carry your glory. You've called us to carry it, to do and perform miracles and do those things that Jesus said, greater work shall we do because he's gone to the Father. So, Father, we just thank you that as we go running out the end of this year and running and racing into 2020, Lord, we thank you that you're leading us, that you are guiding us, 
that 2020, there's going to be plenty for us in 20. Plenty for every vision. Plenty for everything that you've called us to do. Lord, we declare plenty in our own household. We declare plenty in the kingdom of God. We declare, Lord God, right now in Jesus' name, that you're blessing the work of our hands and everything we do prospers. Thank you, Lord. As we carry your vision, the vision for 2020, that you would be glorified. Lord, we ask you to be glorified in our houses. Be glorified in our bodies, which belong to you. Be glorified in our words, in our walk, in our hands, in everything we touch and do. We say, Lord, have it all. Be glorified. Our life is not ours. We surrender. Would you just slip up your hands to the Lord right now? And just say, I, I, I surrender. I surrender my life to you for your glory. Be glorified in my life. Lord, let me make room for you. You know there was no room for... For you in the end, Lord, but Lord, because there was no room in the end, that's why you were born in the in the manger. But God, we just pray this morning that we would make more room for you in our lives, room for your vision, room for it to be carried. That we would make room in our schedules, room in in everything that we do, Lord. We make room for you, room for your vision, Lord. We make room for you. We stretch out our tent, as Apostle said last week. We stretch out our tent pegs. We stretch out our faith. And we believe you for more this day. In Jesus' mighty name. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Maybe you're here this morning. You say, Pastor Sally, I'm not right with God. I'm not right with God, but I want to be right with God. Would you pray for me, Pastor Sally? I will. In just a moment, I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to lead you in a very simple prayer. If you pray it and you mean it in your heart, you'll be a part of the family of God. You'll be put back right with God. You'll make a draw on the finished work of the cross. You'll be forgiven for your sins. Be a part of the, of the family of God, a child of the living God. And so right now, I'm just going to lead you in a very simple prayer. Just repeat it after me. You can meet it in your heart. I'm, I'm telling you, your life is about to change. So say this with me. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, I confess to you that I am a sinner. I have messed up, sometimes on purpose, and sometimes. I'm sure I just didn't know. But I'm sorry. I believe you sent Jesus to die on the cross in my place. I ask you to forgive me. I believe that you raised him from the dead on the third day. Jesus, come into my heart and into my life. I make you the Lord of my life. I believe that I'm trusting you to save me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you said that prayer, you meant it in your heart. You've just been put back in right relationship with God. Your sins have been forgiven. Your name's written in the Lamb's book of life. And nobody gets to sneak into heaven. you got to let somebody know. So if you would, take out your connection card that you got in your welcome packet. Fill it out. And then on the back, there's a little place for you to put a check mark that says, Yes, I choose Jesus. Um, I, I commit my life to Christ as my Lord. Amen. Put a big check mark on.